Welcome back. It's Educate Ebony with me, Ebony. And if you've stuck around for this long, episode 17, thank you. That's so nice of you. I'm glad you like it. And if you feel so inclined, you're welcome to leave me a review. That would be swell. But okay, all right. Last episode, I spoke to Josh McCauley. He is a photographer and an old friend from our TO Magazine days. And he told me to listen to Enter Shikari's album, A Flash Flood of Color. 10 out of 10 album. I'm just going to come straight out and say it. Wow. Yeah, I loved it. I've been listening to it quite a bit and I don't think there's a song on this album that I would skip. No, not at all. Uh, Josh said that Arguing with the Mummeters was a great song. I do agree. I just think Enter Shikari are a very fun band and yet also very serious because there's no way you can miss their political message at all. And as someone who doesn't necessarily always focus on the lyrics first, there was no way I could not focus on it because I don't know if it's just the English accent or whatever else, but it's very prominent. The sustainability messages and just the political context that they come from. Yeah, it is very serious, but then they're such a fun band and I think they've found this lovely mix of we're going to have fun and we're going to make music that we like, but we're also going to tell you what the heck is going on in this world because it's something that we need to go and change. And yeah, it is definitely 100% relevant to 2021, even though this album came out in 2012. Other highlights for me on this album, I liked Snake Pit. I liked everything. I liked everything. Look, I can't, I would just list the entire album. But I have to say, when I did hear Constellations, the closing song, for the first time, I got goosebumps and I don't know whether it was from just the aircon and that I was actually cold or the song itself, but there's something that bands do when they close out an album and it's that final song and you can tell it's the final song. The song couldn't go anywhere else on the album at all. It's this like uplifting, swelling, like the music swells and everything sort of comes together. It's like this nice ending. Ah, you You have to listen to it so you know what I mean, but they do it so well. You know, I'm just going to like it. I'm going to favorite it right now on Spotify. I don't know why I hadn't done that before. Okay, that's done. You should definitely go to that too, okay? Go listen to this album. It's great. But before you go ahead and listen to this episode, I have to warn you and apologize in advance because at around 13 minutes in, you know, because I like to do these interviews via Zoom, you have other windows open in the background, including Facebook, and sometimes someone calls you through Facebook. And so, yeah, that happened. There's about three or four seconds of a Facebook call coming through and it took me a hot minute to try and figure out what the heck was going on and if it was from my end and how do I shut it down real quick. So apologies, please forgive me, but otherwise, enjoy. All right, let's get stuck into this episode of Educate Ebony because I would love to introduce Lewis and Henry De Jong. These fellas are talented musicians and you may know them from the wildly popular metal band from New Zealand, Alien Weaponry. They've just released a brand new album in mid-September and I butcher the proper pronunciation every single time because I can't roll my R's and you guys know that, so bear with me. But it's called Tungaroa. <laughs> Anywho, and it's an absolutely like a killer record. So Lewis and Henry, welcome. Sweet. Thanks for having us, Ebony. <laughs> it's great to have you. You know, you guys obviously got into metal from a really young age. So who did you grow up listening to? I mean, really early on, we were listening to bands like Metallica, Rage Against the Machine, a little bit of Motorhead, like Pink Floyd. There was, the yeah, there was there was all sorts in there, really. But yeah, the, like major metal bands were, yeah, Metallica, Rage Against the Machine, Motorhead, Anthrax. Yeah, bands like that. Yeah, your parents were into it as well. That's where you sort of got it from, or? Yeah, well, our dad especially. Um, our mum 
not so much, but our dad is massive into his metal and his music in general. So he's, yeah, really into it. And like I'd say, he is 90% what got us into music in the first place. He must be like so happy. I feel like that's the goal. Like, you know, if you listen to metal, you're like, one day I'm going to get my kids into it. You know, they're going to love it just as much as I do. And like, look at you guys. <laughs> you made a band. You're in a band. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I, yeah, well, and I mean, you know, he comes on every tour with us and does front of house sounds. So um, we're a pretty tight knit family. Like there's not a lot of families where hmm. you can be doing stuff like that and not have massive falling outs with everyone. Yeah. I've got two younger sisters. I feel like we would just kill each other if we ever were in a band and went on tour together. Yeah, no. <laughs> it can get pretty stressful, I'll tell you that. Yeah, definitely. Well, two people, two opinions. You've managed to come to some sort of decision, but like, yeah. I guess, did you ever, when you were younger, like really, really branch off into different areas or you both sort of were like, yeah, this is cool. Yes, I agree. I mean, as far as like take learning instruments, for example, I mean, I tried learning guitar when I was young it just didn't work for me Lewis Lewis got straight into it and then with drums I was like I got on and I'm like this is my thing yeah. like I this is what I want to do Lewis was more like I can do guitars and drums and um I think for a while we were kind of battling it out to see who would be I guess the main drummer of the household and it ended up being me which is why I'm still playing drums today. But um, I think there's kind of different areas we go to. But in terms of like music tastes, you know, we definitely share a lot of those, you know, have a lot of things in common there. And I mean, I first discovered Lamb of God when I was like 10 or so, and I showed Lewis and I think he wasn't quite ready for it. Kind of blew you away, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's kind of like, in a good way. We, we've yeah. grown up listening to Metallica, Rage Against the Machine, all of those bands. And then you hear Lamb of God and it's like, oh, wow, it's next level. Huge. That's so cool. Please tell me that you guys had like a drum off though, to be like, who's going to be the drummer? Yeah, I think we we did several times. Um, <laughs> we only had one hit though. And I think it was me who was more forceful and kicking him off the kit than him kicking me off the kit. Yeah. In the PlayStation. <laughs> In the PlayStation, yeah. I think that's really how it ended up happening. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Well, I'm ready. What is the one metal album that I need to hear? Sweet. Well, um, I mean, we decided on uh, Ashes of the Wake by Lamb of God. So it is, God, I can't, what year is it? I think it's 2008, something like that. No, I don't but, know um, what year it is. Yeah, it's, it's one of the older albums, but really for us, I mean, well, for me anyway, like that was what I perceived to be Lamb of God's like signature sound in an album. Like I think it sounds the best out of all of their albums, like even, even their newer stuff. And um, it's just got some absolutely killer songs on it as well, which, yeah, I mean, throughout high school, like, it was one of about three albums that I would just play on repeat constantly. Yeah. Was this uh, the first one you heard that you showed Lewis or you found some other stuff? So I, I think I showed Lewis Sacrament, right? Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. So um, he ended up hearing Sacrament first, but then, of course, went and heard all their other, other albums as well, which was, um, 
yeah, it was really cool, um, you know, discovering this band and then going, hey, dude, check this out. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. So this album, obviously awesome. Uh, is it the kind, because if you have it on repeat and everything, you end up playing along and, like, learning all the lyrics and all the notes and everything, which song really drew you in first? And you were like, that's the one I'm going to practice. Well, um, the first song I ever learned on drums is, is actually, well, the first Lamb of God song, I should say, that I ever learned on drums. And I guess the first kind of really technical song that I learned on drums is on that album. It's called Laid to Rest. And that that was awesome when I finally figured out how to play it just from listening to the album on repeat over and over. And then doing that, I also learned most of the lyrics as well. So, yeah, we definitely played the shit out of that album. (laughs) (laughs) For me, I wasn't, I've never really been someone to like try and play along to songs. I mean, I definitely like picked up the lyrics over time, but I've never really like sought out to try and learn songs, if that makes any sense. So yeah, I kind of just enjoyed listening to it for the most part. Yeah, I was talking to, I don't know, someone about this before, and it made me sort of realize that, you know, if I listen to an album or a song, I don't hear the lyrics first. I hear like just everything as a whole. Whereas some people really just zone in on the lyrics. They're like, oh, wow, that was a great line. I'm like, what? I didn't, I didn't hear it. I have to listen to it again and actually focus. Do you guys hear it as a whole? Or you hear a certain drum beat or you hear a certain riff? Or do you hear the lyrics first? How do you guys listen to stuff? I think it depends, mm. to be honest. You know, sometimes it'll be the lyrics that stand out. Sometimes it'll be the guitar playing that stands out. Kind of anything really, but... Yeah, I don't think I have a a set way of hearing things. I think I try and keep it fresh each time. Yeah, Yeah. no, I I feel you on that one. I mean, like, it it all really depends on, one, what I'm listening to, but also just kind of how I'm feeling at the time. Like, sometimes my mind will just wander into different parts of the song and really focus on it. And then sometimes I am hearing it just as a whole or I'm just focusing on the lyrics for the whole song. And really, yeah, it depends on what I'm actually doing as well. Because generally to learn lyrics, I have to listen to the song and go, okay, listen to the lyrics. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because I'm not that great at that. And half the time, I mean, I've got this thing where I just kind of can't really hear what people are saying normally. So half the time... I've got to look up the lyrics and then go, oh, that's what they're saying there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, Google definitely helps with that. Very true. I mean, what, when I was growing up, law, I'm not that, well, yeah, about, I'm a lot older than you guys. Anyway, but you know, the internet didn't exist. So how did you actually find this album? Was it through like YouTube and stuff or someone was like, hey, here you go. Google Play Music. Yeah. Google Play. Yeah, like way back when we had, you know, Android 4 or whatever. But, yeah, no, I mean, we had just these, I mean, by today's standards, really crappy little phones that touchscreen barely worked on them and, you know, just going through and finding music. And, I mean, that's it's actually also how we discovered a lot of bands that we listen to today. Like, I mean, from Lamb of God, we got into, like, Trivium and... I'm just trying to think who else. <laughs> uh, Slipknot. Trivia and Slipknot. Um, Slipknot was kind of one we were kind of aware of already, but like hadn't really listened to until we like started finding stuff online. One band I got into um, was System of a Down. 
because um, they're really out there and different than everything. Kill Switch Engage as well. Yeah, Kill Switch. But yeah, like I think that album in particular opened up so many more kind of avenues for me when it came to listening to music. It made me think differently about how bands put everything together. You know, like you do have your classic metal bands, but then you've got stuff that Lamb of God do or like Chris Adler was doing on that album was like, for me, I heard that and I was like, how does someone even play that on the drums? You know, like how is it physically possible? And yeah, like for me, I think it really pushed me to become a better musician as well. Yeah, cool. So when did you realize it was an important album? Like when you started trying to play it or you listened to it more? Or from the get-go, where you're like, yeah, damn, this is this is the good stuff. I mean, I knew I was like the mm-hmm. album from the get-go, but I guess I do kind of remember a point where it was like, you know, this is fucking sick. And yeah, I can't remember exactly when. I think I was playing a computer game and I just had it on repeat. I just turned the um, game music off and I just like had that as the background music. And Minecraft was like, oh God. Some <laughs> shit like that. I don't know, but like, <laughs> and I just, it just really, uh, put me in the zone I guess and um after that I I was kind of attached to the album in a deeper way yeah do you associate it now with gaming yeah somewhat that's cool (laughs) for me it's pretty much the same except I wasn't gaming it was generally to drown out the uh noise of screaming kids on the bus on the way to school (laughs) oh yeah Um, that was also really good for it yeah the album definitely helped a lot with that and I, I think yeah once it got into that kind of rotation of about three or four albums that I was listening to constantly. That was kind of when I knew I was like, you know, this is so good. I can listen to it eight times a day and not be sick of it. Yeah. Wow. Well, is there an aspect of this album that you guys really love, but maybe like others, for example, like me on first listen or something would overlook if you're like, Oh yeah. In this song, you got to listen out for this bass or, or something that you're like, yeah, they did that really, really well. You should know about it. I think for me, it's it's Chris Adler's kind of use of the drums as almost something to complement the guitarists. Okay. So he will accent in the same spots as you know Mark Morton's guitars and stuff. So I thought it was really cool, and it wasn't something that I'd heard a lot of. And he does a lot of it, and I'd say the only person who does more of it would be Mario from Gojira. But yeah, like it was, it was something I think that has translated a little bit into our music as well as a band, you know, just making sure I'm writing drum beats that not only sound really awesome, but also work with the guitarists to like make this kind of strong rhythmic feel. And like, you know, if Lewis is doing some pinch harmonics or something, I'll try and accent them or something. And um, yeah, that album is full of that. That's cool. Definitely. Anything you pick up, Lewis? For me, I'm just thinking about something specific. It's a song called One Gun. And like, I really like the end section of the song. I've got this like weird, I think it's a, I wouldn't call it a synth, but it's like an external noise they use. It's hard to explain, but it sounds sick. That's all I can say. (laughs) Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'll listen out for it. Yeah, because what, when did synths come in? How old is this out? I don't know. I, I will need just, to do some googling. I don't know exactly what year. I think uh, I'm sure it's early 2000s, though. Lamb of God. 
Ashes of the Wake, 2004. Oh, definitely since yeah. we're in then, I guess. Yeah, I think sometimes yeah. it's hard to pinpoint what exact instruments people use. I don't know. It's some form of like non, it's obviously like a not a guitar or anything. Yeah. It's like obviously something else, but it's, yeah. 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 It's cool. I, and I, I think the thing with that album as well is it was like, I'm pretty sure it was one of the first albums that they did after renaming themselves from Burn the Priest. And back in the kind of Burn the Priest days, they were more, I guess, extreme. Like there was heaps of blast beating and it was like just a wall of noise. And this album had way more kind of dynamics and stuff. So like it kind of solidified their sound as it is now as well, which I think is, is something cool about the album. Yeah. I didn't know they renamed themselves or they were something else before. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. So they used to the priest and they found that they couldn't get booked on a lot of shows uh, being from West Virginia. Oh no, from Virginia. Sorry. Which is, yeah. Richmond, obviously Virginia. a religious state. And um, a lot, a lot of people didn't like the fact that they were called that. So they were like, well, let's call ourselves something different, but still highly religious and filled with sarcasm. Yeah. Lamb. Oh. <laughs> a little bit less satanic, but you could read into it. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Well, obviously, um, 2004 was a long time ago and it stands up for you guys. Why do you think it's going to stand up in future years? Are people going to look back on this album and go, yeah, that was still a game changer? I mean, I'm not a psychic or anything, so I don't know for sure, but I'd assume it does stand up well in the future because I personally think it's a masterpiece and um, you can't put a date on art, can you? Yeah. I think it stands up now. It's already a pretty old album. Like, it's not super old, but it's modern enough to have some really nice-sounding recordings in it. Yeah. But it's also getting on a bit, you know. Um, so I think, you know, you listen to it today and you go, yeah, that still sounds awesome. I don't think that's going to change in the next 20, 30 years. That's so cool. And uh, my favorite question, and you guys can think about this one if you want, but what are my listening notes? How should I listen to this album? Obviously, start to finish, that's a given, yes. But, like, should I be doing anything? Honestly, like, you can be headbanging, you can be sitting down doing something. I think the music will make you do whatever you feel like doing. Listen to it um, as you fall asleep. I've Ooh. done that a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, yeah. Um, maybe listen out for, like, I mean, I don't know how much Lamb of God you really listen to, but this album made me realise that, like, screaming vocals can actually be, I guess, audible. You know, like you can hear what Randy Blythe is saying and he's full screen, like most of the album. And it's it's really strange because you're so used to hearing bands that just sound like a dying chicken. <laughs> and then you hear Lamb of God and it's like, damn, I can, I can actually hear like 80% of the words that come out of his mouth, even though he's still screaming. And he's really good at it as well. It's funny, actually, in one of their docos, they, uh, he was saying he started screaming as like a piss take on like bands that scream <laughs> and now it's become God's thing. So lucky for them, he was good at it. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. I like the um, 
listen to it while you're going to sleep. I think that's really cool. Have a great night. I think that'll make. Yeah. Well, anything else to add before we wrap it up? Anything else we should know about the album? Ooh, it's sick and you should listen to it. It's also <laughs> got a really wicked cover. Like yeah. the the cover artwork is awesome. I still um I'm still planning to one day eventually get the album cover tattooed on me somewhere because yeah. it's like a an important album. Either that or the sacrament cup. Nice. Yeah, the yeah, no, I mean for me, for me, I think it's it's definitely my favorite. Lamb of God album artwork. So the colors in it are awesome. And then it's it's quite detailed as well. Like you you look at it, damn, that is cool. Just cool back then, you know? We're just trying to just trying to live yeah. up to their their hype and their legacy, I guess, you know? Well, I'm not because I'm not a musician, but you guys, yeah. Just trying Absolutely. to be like Lamb of God. Oh, amazing. Well, there we have it. The one metal album that Lewis and Henry Dijon think that you and I should listen to is Ashes of the Wake by Lamb of God. Guys, thank you so much for your wisdom. I can't wait to listen to it from your point of view. Awesome, no worries, Ebony. Not sure about that wisdom, but... uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) We sound wise, but we're really not. Nah, you just fake it till you make it. You guys got it. It's all good. Awesome. Cheers. Thanks, Ebony. Are you guys Android or Apple? Android. Oh. All day. Agree to disagree. Yep, yep. No, nah, we're not going to get in on that. <laughs> Resistance is futile on that one. I've had the conversation too many times to count. 